0: I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological.
1: Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Thursday, January the 25th edition. Of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I am your host, Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show we are all about the draft yet again talking senior bowl Josh Allen and potential round one scenarios that Miami might run into come draft day and we jump back into the Twitter mailbag to get the questions you guys put out that I did not get to last night also why my great mood in yesterday's podcast was short-lived and I'll give you guys my short list for pick number 11 on draft night but first I have to remind you guys go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. we are now on Spotify as well, so check that out. Give us a rating and review. You guys know the drill. Those ratings and reviews help the podcast go up the iTunes charts, helps us get out to more Dolphins, helps the show continue to grow. So we really appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the show at Locked on Fins. And of course, check out lockedondolphins.com. We're we'll talking about a piece that's up live right now on lockedondolphins.com, written by yours truly. And of course, Do not forget to check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On Draft podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And just a couple of housekeeping notes here before we get into the episode and the first Don Finns, first segment we have here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. It was brought to my attention, and I'm very well aware of this, that I talk way too fast. And I know that is a problem I've been working on my entire life. And the podcast has certainly helped me get slower but I still get rambling on quite a bit on the show and I'm working so hard to go slower for you guys. I know that it's probably a little bit annoying when you can't hear what I'm saying or I go too fast or I go from topic to topic. That's just kind of my my speed and especially when it comes to talking football. I love this stuff so much that I just get so excited and I want to get it out of my mouth and I want to get it into your ears. And Ooh, I think I probably owe you guys a drink after saying that, but you guys get the point. I, I really just love this stuff. So I will try my best to slow down, continue to let me know that I'm doing it and I will continue to work on it. So we'll go from there. And also I talked about in the open, why I was disappointed last night and my great mood after I recorded the podcast, I went downstairs to go ahead and watch the senior bowl and my DVR only recorded the first episode of the day and the senior bowl recap show at the end of the day, which the first one was just a bunch of guys talking The players weren't even on the field yet there was some good media availability and we'll talk about that later on in the episode and then the recap show was pretty good but I want to see the practices I think the best part about the senior bowl practices is the ability to get those cameras down on the field level and you can see what's going on so well you can see what moves they use what pass rush moves and those one-on-one drills you can see how guys get the releases at receiver versus cornerbacks you can see the way the ball jumps off their hand at quarterback it's just a lot of really cool stuff that I love watching so let's go ahead and jump into our first segment here first on Finn's talking about about josh allen and the piece that i wrote on LockedOnDolphins.com, it's up right now you can check that out and why i said that he is the only quarterback that makes plausible sense in the first round for the miami dolphins and i got a lot of comments on it talking about how josh allen's not this he's inaccurate blah 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 the same old boring rhetoric we have heard for i don't know how long basically regurgitating everything people have heard off of espn by mel kiper whatever the heck it might be I've heard a lot of those comments, and you know I'm not going to respond to those because I want a little bit more than he is inaccurate. That's that's not a really well thought out post. So you can write it, but I'm not going to respond to it. But also just read the damn article before you comment on it because I got I also got some comments talking about how you're not concerned about his accuracy or well I think Darnold or, or Rosen or whoever it is Mayfield might be better. Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they are better prospects right now. Maybe they will be better pros. But my entire premise behind the article was that Josh Allen, without question, and I will take anybody. 12 rounds in the ring on this comment. He is by far, he has by far the highest ceiling of all these quarterbacks available in the draft. So my reason for the column was that The main complaint I hear about Tannehill and why the Dolphins have to do better is because he's not elite. He's not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees, one of those top three quarterbacks, and that's what it takes to be consistently good in this league. And you're probably not wrong. That's definitely something that will put you in the running every single year, but it's very, very difficult to find those guys. They are once-in-a-generation types of quarterbacks. How many teams around the league have never had a quarterback like that? I mean, look at the Jets since Joe Namath. What have they had? They have never been back to that well. We already had one of those guys in Dan Marino, so our chances of even seeing one of those guys in our lifetime is very, very slim. I know that's not a good reason to just avoid the position altogether, but my point is that if you're going to try to get an upgrade on Ryan Tannehill, who I believe is around the 10th, 11th best quarterback in the league, other people probably feel that he's in the 20th, 21, 22 range, and then a lot of people fall in between that range. Whether or not you think he's 10th or 20th or in between, the fact is, you if you're going to draft somebody, he has to be a clear upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. And Josh Allen has the best opportunity to do that. And that's why I wrote that piece. And that's exactly what I said in the piece. So just please read it before you comment and start saying things that the article is even about. So Josh Allen, you know, he has these great, these moments of greatness that are just sheer genius. And, you know, people say, oh, well, anyone's highlight tape can look good. Well, yeah, they can. But you can still learn a lot from a highlight tape and the way the ball jumps off of his hand, his ability to evade pressure, the hero type of plays. And Josh Allen has gotten into some trouble with those hero type of plays and that will show up on the the tape when you watch every single game or every single snap of every game and of course that's a problem and he has those issues and some accuracy issues and the the talent issues that he had at Wyoming. All the stuff that I get into on the article, just his ceiling is so high. I see so much greatness in the things that he does. If you can clean it up, you can have a coaching staff put around him to fix those things. And that's why you pay these coaches. And that's my entire point is that if you're going to take a quarterback very high, he better be a guy with a super high ceiling. And that is Josh Allen. Now, the thing about Josh Allen is I think he's gone in the first two picks of the draft. I think he's not going to even last past the Giants at number two or even Cleveland at number one. I think that he has that type of ability and teams are going to want to pick someone that gives them a chance to be great. Like I said, a generational type of quarterback. So I think he is that guy. I think he goes top two. So it's somewhat irrelevant, but I just wanted to get the point out there of what the Dolphins could think about in terms of the quarterback position at number 11 in the draft. And that brings us into the next point here on the lockdown Dolphins podcast in segment number two and the draft day scenarios at pick 11 and something that I kind of found interesting. Obviously we'll get to the short list here later on the episode. That'll be the last segment of the day. The, uh, the overtime or extra points. I haven't decided what I'm going to call it yet. Shoot. I don't have names for the segments yet. I have first on Finn. We're going with that. Here's segment number two, talking about draft day trade back scenarios. And I find it very interesting. I read about this on the the fins.com message board and a guest that actually will be on the show on Sunday was the one that mentioned this, talking about trading back from number 11 to a quarterback needy team. Now you have the Redskins at 13 who could be looking at possibly getting a quarterback if Kirk Cousins goes by the wayside, or the Cardinals at 15, you know, without Carson Palmer there anymore. I don't think Drew Stanton's in their long-term plans or Blaine Gabbert, whatever it is. And then also the Buffalo Bills have pick 21 and 22 back-to-back picks. Tyrod Taylor, they have made it clear for a long time that he is not their guy, so the Dolphins could take advantage of the fact that if one of these four quarterbacks slides, if any of these four quarterbacks slides, they're going to be in prime position to do exactly what Buffalo did last year move back, pick up an additional first, and then draft in the later part of the first round, which is something you have to really consider. And if it is Buffalo and they want to come up and give you two picks, I would love to see Dolphins Twitter react to that if Baker Mayfield goes to Buffalo in the pick that the Dolphins traded them. It would be be kind of hilarious to see. But that's something you have to really, really consider on draft day if the Dolphins get in that position. So you're, you're faced with two potential situations that, in terms of those four quarterbacks, Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, Allen. If all four of them get drafted before you, great. That means that some other guy that w- would have been drafted higher than that at a position of need is going to be available. Maybe a Marcus Davenport, maybe someone else we'll talk about later. Or if one of those quarterbacks is available, maybe you move back. You think about possibly taking Mark Andrews, a tight end from Oklahoma. Maybe you take Will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP. You know, you, you have all these options at play for you now that come into play if that quarterback falls and you can pick up an additional first next year. And all that does is give you more ammo in case the Ryan Tannehill thing doesn't work out this year. I think it will, but there's a chance that it doesn't. If it does not work out, you can use those picks to parlay and get up back into the draft and take maybe a Drew Locke from Missouri or whoever the guy that emerges next year, because it'll be someone that we don't even see coming most likely. So those are the, the options, some interesting things to talk about. We have a lot, a lot of time to get, to go over all of these scenarios and different possibilities. But that's the first one I wanted to talk about and just consider that the Dolphins could very strongly consider trading back on draft day, April 26th, when that day comes. But this is the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl and some notes from what I heard around the league here on the Locked Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So as I mentioned in the opening segment, I did not get a chance to watch the practices yesterday. I saw a very, very brief amount of them. I should say on Tuesday. This is this is a Wednesday recording for a Thursday episode. I know I get myself confused with that a lot. But I also have not yet watched the Wednesday night practice yet. I'm going to do that after I record this podcast. So this is just some stuff that I heard around the league on Twitter from guys I trust. You know, all the gamut that is available to us now with social media being what it is. But some senior bold notes from what I heard. And the one thing that I actually saw or heard myself was the media availability of Marcus Davenport and Luke Falk. And I want to talk about Luke Falk first just because this is a guy that plays for the college that I, you know, I didn't go to it. I have a lot of family that went to it. My fiance went to it, and I root for the Washington State Cougars. Luke Falk, you know... He had to deal with something that was very tragic and very close to his heart this last couple of weeks with Tyler Herlinski, the backup quarterback, taking his own life at age 21. Just a total tragedy out there on the Palouse. He said that he was a really great kid, really fun, easygoing, kept the atmosphere light at practice. And Luke, the way he addressed the media and talked about like the issue of suicide and how you know it's the second leading cause of death between males ages 18 to 45, and just the open, open the warm-hearted, open-mindedness, progressive mentality of Luke Falk was really cool to hear. And he also, I mean, just to kind of get off that subject and back towards football, he made some really cool comments about what he did with WSU, some of the checks he makes at the line of scrimmage, how much he loves ball. They asked him how much this week was going to be tough on him. He said, this is this is football. This is what I love to do. In, in school, I have to turn in a paper I don't care about, but when you get out on the football field, that's what I love. It's what I live for. I thought that was really cool to hear from him. I think that any quarterback room that gets Luke Falk will be better for it. And he could have have himself a good career as a backup slash potential fringe starter player though. So he's a guy to look for in the later rounds in the draft. And then Marcus Davenport, one of the guys that has been just the hot name right now, in terms of the NFL draft and senior bowl, and, and his fit in the wide nine scheme. I talked to Kevin Dern at Kevin md 4 on Twitter. You guys all know him and my former co-host here on the podcast. He's been a guest a few times. He loves Marcus Davenport, thinks he's a perfect fit in the wide nine. He has that long wingspan, the long arms. He, Marcus Davenport talked himself about his ability to kind of rush the passer in a variety of ways, and he had an interview on the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. And, I, you know, I... I don't know why I'm a kind of a stickler for these interviews and the way kids talk. I know they're 20, 21 years old. They're very young. You know, I definitely didn't talk that well when I was that age and, and speak. I didn't. I should say I didn't speak that well. Jeez, hasn't got a lot better at age 30, apparently. But Marcus Davenport, just the way he conducted himself, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He didn't really have any good answers. De- Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks asked him kind of, you know, what are some of your... If this week is ideal for you, how are you going to get to the quarterback over and over again? What's going to be your best way to dominate the field on practice as well as in the game? He didn't really have a good answer. He just kind of said, speed, speed to power, finesse. And it was just like... You know, it just wasn't very descriptive. He, he didn't seem like he wanted to be there, and that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, like almost like it was a waste of his time. So, you know, I'm probably reading way too much into that, but that's kind of the two things that I took away from that podcast slash media availability. The next note I saw was that UTEP guard Will Hernandez was flat-out dominant throughout the course of the day, just beating people up, good power in his base, as well as Isaiah Wynn, the Georgia guard, too. Same thing, he kicks inside from left tackle to left guard, possibly right guard. He has shown the ability to kind of anchor and sink his hips and to kind of take on that Pressure that is you know absorbs the body from the defensive line. So Will Hernandez as well as Isaiah Win definitely two targets to look out for, possibly towards the end of first the first round or even on se- in the second round depending on where the Dolphins fall on trades and all that good stuff. So. Bill Hernandez, Isaiah Wynn, Siren Neal, the Jacksonville State kid that I pointed out on yesterday's podcast, Mike Mayock, I heard, pointed his name out today about a guy that showed a lot of range, showed a lot of want to, and a lot of ability to kind of fly around the football field. Another guy they talked about, obviously everyone loves him, I love him, Shaquem Griffin, the one-handed wonder down there from Central Florida, just... Plays this hair on fire, possibly an off-the-ball linebacker, some good pass rush moves from him, just a really good burst. Love seeing that kid play. So another note from him. And then lastly, Deshaun Hamilton, the receiver from Penn State, just killed the shrine week or shrine game week. He is killing at the senior bowl, getting great releases off the line of scrimmage, beating DBs very easily. So I have tons of tape to watch tonight. And I have verified that it is, in fact, on the DVR, so no letdown today. We're going to get into the Twitter mailbag here in just one second, as well as my short list here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. I almost forgot to tell you guys about mybookie.ag, our sponsor of the podcast here. The NFL playoffs are coming down to an end. The Super Bowl is coming up, so I want to tell you guys about mybookie.ag, the number one rated online sportsbook. With the fantasy football season all the way over now, you can use your sports knowledge to win some cash by betting at mybookie.ag, the sportsbook that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on everything you can imagine, live betting, and an all-new prop builder, where you create your own bet slip and bet exactly the way you want to. Bet from your desktop, your tablet, or their world-class mobile site that lets you bet anytime, anywhere. MyBookie offers the fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win, the best in the industry, just two days. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus by using promo code LOCKEDON when you make your account. Again, that's a 50% bonus for promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today and bet the Internet's favorite sports book where you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, so let's jump right into the Twitter mailbag here real quick. A couple of questions I wasn't able to get to on last night's show just because I... Had already recorded when you guys asked the question, so let's get to Mike at mgrande0311 on Twitter. Does having Raekwon back healthy, drafting Roquan at eleven, and replacing Kiko with a big potato solve our problems at linebacker? That is a phenomenal tweet. I love it. I think that a big potato might be a slight downgrade from Kiko Alonso, but having Roquan and Raquan would definitely help a lot there. So I think it's a net. Uh, oh, it's a wash. It's a net wash if you go that route. Next question comes from Jeff Rhino at. In- Uh, I get this wrong every time, Jeff, and I'm sorry. And Ginley, a fire. Let's assume Jarvis leaves. What kind of draft capital might we spend at wide receiver? Any wide receivers you like or think would be a good fit. I think that Jarvis is going to leave. That's unpopular. I know that is, but I think that's that's what's going to happen. He's going to get too much money on the open market, and the Dolphins won't want to match that. I don't blame them for doing that whatsoever. I think he's a very good player, but he's overrated. And I know I'm going to get flamed for that, but that's just what it is. I mean, he's a good player, but he just, he's very limited as a, as a wide receiver. So I think he does leave. I think the dolphins would probably, it just depends on what kind of offense they want to go to. Are they going to keep it as a three wide set they've been doing? Are they going to go back to Adam gazes Chicago days when he ran a lot of two tight end sets, which is what I want to do a more power running style with two tight ends and more heavy personnel in there. So if they go that route, I would say probably third round or later. If they go back to three wide receivers, I think you might you might really consider spending a first or second round pick on the position. I don't know who it would be, but you could probably consider Christian Kirk in that first round, maybe even Calvin Ridley in the first round. I love Anthony Miller out of Memphis. He kind of places that same temperament as Jarvis Landry does. He is a, a he's a speedster. He can high point the football. He catches it in traffic. He just has a lot of good things you like. And then Oklahoma State's James Washington. James Washington has had a great senior bowl. He is a he's kind of like I think I heard him compared to Jarvis Landry with speed on the outside. So that's a guy to look at there. But I don't know if I'd go first round there, but you're going to have to replace Travis Landry if you leave. So that's something to consider there as well. The next question comes from Death Magnet 1C at Death Magnet. Should we think about another safety linebacker hybrid plus corner and follow the trend with more DBs and less defensive linemen slash linebackers? Absolutely. That's been my thing throughout the course of the offseason. Get more defensive backs in the field. You can never have enough corners. I think the Dolphins are going to draft a corner at some point. I think they're going to sign a free agent corner at some point as well and kind of bolster the back end there in that unit too. So definitely go after the defensive backs a little bit more and kind of get with the times of the current NFL. Cause the Dolphins are one of the teams that run the fewest amount of dime packages in the NFL. So they're kind of living in the prehistoric era. All right, that's going to do it for the uh, Twitter mailbag and that portion. Let's get to the last segment here, talking about my draft shortlist. And I put down five names, five options. One of them's not a name, so there's five options here for me in the first round right now. It is January 25th. This is definitely going to change at some point, but my top two guys right now are not changing at all. My number one guy is Derwin James. goes in line with that last question that was asked to me, putting out a third safety on the field at all times. You can find snaps for guys on defense as long as you just find a way to rotate them in. Derwin James is going to get on the field and doesn't even consider the fact that you can get out of that TJ McDonald deal next year or Rashad Jones the year after that. You don't have to draft just for right now I'm plugging holes right now. You can draft a guy that might be an all-pro type of player, and I think Derwin James is that kind of player. So he's my first guy on top of the shortlist for the first-round draft pick. Marcus Davenport is number two. I think he goes top ten, so I don't know if this is going to be a possibility. And take into account, I'm not considering Minka Fitzpatrick or Saquon Barkley. Some of these guys I think will be long gone by the time the Dolphins pick. So Derwin James, Marcus Davenport is number two. Option number three is a trade out. I talked about it earlier in the podcast. I would love to get back, get a first rounder pick a first round pick next year, and just kind of fall back into that 20th range, or we can maybe look at tight end or maybe offensive line or you know, whatever it might be in that range, kind of move back and get some value out of that as well. Option number four on the short list, Josh Allen. I, I just love what he is as a prospect. I think he has so many tools you can work with. And I believe in those coaching staff could get the best out of him, even though I love Ryan Tannehill. Allen would be a guy that would sit for a couple of years. So it gives you time to kind of play out the string with Ryan Tannehill. And if, if Tannehill gets it, you know, back on track where he was in 2016, then you just kind you just trade Josh Allen like you did with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever the heck it was that was a second round or a first round draft pick that got traded on, traded out later on in the process. And then fifth option would be Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama. You know, I am not high on linebacker at this spot because I think that it takes a very special linebacker to get on the field enough to justify this pick. You have to be a truly dominant Luke Keekly, Bobby Wagner type of linebacker to make this pick worth it. I don't think Roquan Smith is that. I think he gets washed out too easily in the running game. I don't think he can get off blocks well enough. I think Rashawn Evans plays with the explosiveness and the pass rush ability, and he can cover just fine to maybe justify getting onto the field 100% of the time, which is what you're going to have to have. So Derwin James, Marcus Davenport, trade out Josh Allen, Rashawn Evans. That's going to do it for tonight's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports Podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Winkville NFL. Follow the show at Locked Fins. Follow the network at Locked On NFL and check out their Facebook page as well. Lastly, check out Lockedondolphins.com for all your daily written dolphins content needs. And check back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, presented by mybookie.ag, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.